Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This week, the week of May 8th, all new episodes. Two weeks ago, we had FDIC. We were on location. We shot a ton of content, worked on a bunch of projects with different manufacturers. It was an incredible week. Um, and then the following week of uh, May 1st, we kind of ran uh, some reruns as well as um, content that was shot and podcasts that were uh, recorded at FDIC with some great people. And so that was a lot of fun. That was last week's lineup. This week's lineup, though, we're back to it. All new episodes. And so sit back, enjoy. Thanks for joining us on the National Fire Radio podcast. Check out The Size Up by Robert Pepero, our buddy Pip, the little guy with the mohawk. Every Tuesday is his episode, as well as the rest of the week is filled out with all new content and interviews with great guests that support the National Fire Radio community. Thanks for tuning in. Check it out this week. We appreciate you, and do me a favor. Give us a half a second of your time and listen to the sponsors that help make National Fire Radio's podcast possible. Hey, guys, before we start the podcast, real quick, I want to mention the Gone to Texas Fire Forum and Expo being held in Arlington, Texas on June 9th and 10th. Myself, I'm going to be emceeing the event for two days with nationally renowned speakers that will be there for the weekend. Mo Davis, Clyde Gordon, Rick George, Mickey Farrell, Jacob Johnson, Dennis Riley, and so on. The list goes on and on. I was there last year, helped MC the event last year. It is a growing conference in an incredible venue. Globe Life Field, which is home to the Texas Rangers in Arlington, Texas, right in the entertainment district, right at the PBR bar, which we're going to have a social after the first night. I'm telling you right now, there's no other venue like this. The room actually overlooks the field. You get to walk the stadium it is such a cool venue arlington texas june 9th and 10th check them out go on to texasfireforum.com or go to facebook and look them up there too go on the texas fire forum where you can buy your tickets get great hotel rates and if anybody's asking you where you're going this summer you tell them go on to texas this episode's brought to you by taylor's tins taylor and her crew at taylor's tins have been manufacturing aluminum helmet fronts since 2017 with over 200,000 tins in the market they are a leader in the helmet front space custom design one-offs to department orders they can turn them around within 24 to 48 hours customer service is what they pride themselves on and they provide nothing but top shelf product and service to their customers Check them out at taylorstins.com and check out their full line of product offering. They've always been a very strong supporter since day one with the National Fire Radio podcast and platform. And Taylor and his crew have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. And at checkout, for a little extra bonus, use coupon code NFR sent me. That's NFR sent me for a discount on your order. Exclusions do apply. Anyway, check out taylorstins.com for the latest and greatest offerings from Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the National Fire Radio podcast. Today's going to be a lot of fun. This is a repeat guest, Captain Mark Gregory out of the FDMY. Mark, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, Jeremy. How's everything, bro? Everything's good. It was nice to bump into you on the streets of Indianapolis uh, for literally a 45-second handshake and uh, and a hello. But uh, it's always good to see you. You're always smiling, man. There's just something about you. You light up the room. It's an infectious conversation. Every time I talk to you, there's always smiles. You're always upbeat, and I love that about you, Cap. No reason to be cranky, my man. Listen, you only come around this world once. You know, you got to enjoy yourself while you're here. 
I think more people need to subscribe to that. <laughs> what were you saying? We were saying before, before we started recording, right? It's like at the end of the day, like, you know, enjoy life while you're here because you don't know when your number is being pulled or, or life takes a big turn. Hundred, hundred percent, my friend. Listen, you know, you take every day as a gift. I mean, uh, look at how many of our friends have, uh, you know, gone to work and expecting to have, uh, you know, a great time, go to a fire, and then, uh, you know, things go the opposite way. And, you know, like I told you before, we squalor away money. We do all this crazy stuff, planning for when we're in our, uh, you know, sixties and seventies. Yeah. Live for today, man. While you can do it, go out and buy a motorcycle. Go out and take those expensive vacations. Or be like me and shop on Amazon every day. That that Amazon guy owes his pension <laughs> to me right now. I love that. Hey, listen, man, I am uh, I am a true advocate of that. I think you got to live in the now. I think we worry about the future. We dwell on the past and nobody focuses on the now. I think the now is important, man, for sure. So let's talk about the now. 32 years with the FDMY, 36 years in the American Fire Service. I mean, you're captain at 176, ladder 176, the Tin House truck. Right before that, you served ladder 142, division 13, tower ladder in the Nut House, which is uh, ladder 111, which is another super busy truck. I mean, yeah. you're not shying away from work, brother. No, I've uh, I've been blessed, man. I've had uh, I've had a uh, worked in great places, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's been an awesome ride. I started out in ladder 132 uh, in the Crown Heights section of Brooklyn, and uh, I was. Uh, fortunate enough like i said i I went to rescue two at a young age and uh, i learned a lot there i had a lot of great mentors when i was at rescue two uh you know the bosses were awesome uh pete lunt gary howard al fuentes they were you know great guys and the senior men i had i mean i had bobby larocco uh you know bobby galleone who everybody knows you know and Bobby's nickname, uh, you know, was the bear, you know, because when the bears, you know, swept this paw at you, you know, you, you know, you did something. And, uh, you know, I, I still relate Bobby Galeon's stories to my guys today. You know, when, you, when you're, you know, you crack down on somebody, you do something. I tell them, you know what? I said, I learned the same lesson many years ago. And the guy that I looked at with, you know, that ugly anger look in your eyes. Ten years later, I said, hey, dude, I understand what you did. And they said, yeah, I knew you'd get it. I did the same thing. It's a, you know, it's it's just a natural progression in the fire service, you know, Uh, learning, learning from our senior mentors. You know, we might not like it at the time, you know, but down the line, we realized they were, you know, all they were doing, just like a parent was guiding us in the right direction. Those senior mentors are more important than ever now, though. You know, you Uh, grew up, you just listen, 32 years riding, you know, the back step, the front seat in the FDNY, working with some of the characters of the FDNY that are, are guys that, you know, quote unquote legends of the job, right? Guys that have, uh, you know, put the job first. They brought tremendous, um, tremendous efforts on behalf of the fire service and the FDNY to the forefront. And you learned under those guys, right? I mean, we need yeah. people like that today too, no? Yeah. I, and, you know, it was a blessing. And, you know, and people, people will always say to you, the fire service, you know, it's not the same as it used to be. You know what? Forty years ago, guys were saying the same thing back then. Yeah. You know what? It's 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 ever changing. You know, and uh, you know, yeah, there were the war years in the seventies. Well, look now. I mean, you know, e-bike fires. I mean, uh, it's you know, e-bikes, lithium-ion batteries. I mean, you know, look at the fire duty in the, in the country today. And fires are just different today. And that's what you know, guys have to understand. You know. Don't compare to the fires in the seventies. You know they were that was a different type of yes. fire. I mean, and they went to lots of them. But the fires today, you know, you you, you got to be on your A game. I mean, stuff is ever changing around us, and understanding ventilation principles. And you know, I always love when you get you know get some student in the class and guys like, wow, Cap, you know, this is this isn't the way we do it. And I was like, well, with your three years on the job, how do you do it, bro? Tell me. It's <laughs> 
you know, hey, I'm all into going in and moving in with the line and taking windows, but that's great if you got that line behind you. But, you know, if the engine's out at the supermarket and you're in a truck and you've got reported people trapped, taking windows is not the way to, uh, you know, to save that person's life. You know, you got to be coordinated. I love that. And and that just goes to, I mean, you, uh, 32, 36 years in the fire service, almost 40 years in the fire service, brother. Don't make me, I'm, and I'm yeah. not old. I started really young, bro. No, I, listen, man, you, listen, you look fantastic, and I know you're young. You still got plenty, plenty left in the tank, and I know that. But my point is, though, is I have to believe that you have seen unbelievable change in the fire ground over those years. Oh, without without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, I can think back of you know being a uh, a new firefighter in uh, you know one thirty two and going in with uh, three quarter coats and right. uh, you know the leather helmet and your basic gloves and you know the OV and your roof position. We used to wear work boots, you know, because so you could get to your position quicker and you could jump fences. <laughs> and then you know the intro- the introduction of bunker gear coming along and hoods and uh, you know, I mean, it's listen. It's all good stuff. It's all good stuff. It's all bad stuff, you know, because, uh, you know, like I always tell guys with bunker gear, how many of us get, you know, actual formal education in bunker gear? You know, we don't. And, uh, you know, you, you have to understand how that gear works and the limitations. Everything in this world has limitations. You, gotta, you have to understand that. You know, if not, you're going to put yourself into a position that you're going to get yourself hurt or somebody else hurt trying to come to get you. How important is it to still be a student of the game, man? Because I know, listen, all these years in, you're sitting, you know, the captain of uh, 176, ladder 176, which is a busy truck. You guys do work there. You're still a student of the game. I mean, PL Vulcan, we're going to hop into one of the OG training companies of the fire service. You guys have been around for a few days now, you know, doing some real specialized teaching and training with some of the biggest names in the industry. But like being a student of the game, you grew up, being mentored by incredible people that probably pushed you to be as good as you could possibly be and then want to be better. Being a student, how important is that? Oh, it's 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 amazing. I mean, I was I was fortunate as a kid. I lived around a block of a firehouse. I hung out in the firehouse. Uh, my uh, pseudo godfather was a, a lieutenant in rescue four in Queens, and wow. I rode with him on a regular basis. And you know what? I learned so much. And from the firemen during that era, I'm sure you, you've heard of Mike Milner. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, Mike Mike was one of the firemen under the you know the Duke. If you ever hear John mm-hmm. Dillon, the yeah, Duke, they talk absolutely. about. And these were legendary, you know, legendary guys that just had a simple approach to taking care of things. And uh, when we started PL Vulcan years ago, uh, you know, I I did teaching with Pete Lund, a couple of a couple other guys in Rescue Two. We did teaching with Pete Lund, but Pete didn't start PL Vulcan. That was us, and we did that as a, as a tribute to Pete yeah. um, after Pete had passed away. And you know, we were out there teaching. We really didn't have a name for the company. And then when Pete passed away, we said, hey. You know, Pete kind of set the principles uh, for us. And uh, I don't know if, if you know the relation uh, traditions training is yep. another group. That's yep. why, you know, <clears throat> we always refer to like some of the older groups, the, the, you know, the old stooges in the training world. Right. We consider ourselves like the five families of the mafia. You know, every couple of months we all talk and get on the same page. And, the way it know, should be. Just, yeah. We did. And we discussed, you know, we discussed the new companies on the block and what's going on. And, you know, and it's good. But, you know, we, there's there's. Always with the the senior companies that are out there, there's always been a mutual respect. You know, everybody, you know, has their for, you know, they got their specialty, their thing that they do. But with Pete, you know, Pete's principle was pretty much, you know, keep things simple. 
you know, get these guys to make pushes down the hallway, but keep it simple. You know, no one wants rocket science. Fireman likes simplicity. And uh, that's kind of been, the, you know, the P.L. Vulcan mantra. I mean, of uh, every class that we do, you know, whether it's a leadership class in the classroom or a man versus machine or rapid intervention. You know, I, I tell guys when we teach the rapid intervention class, you can, you know, you could show me all these different techniques of people doing push-ups. I mean, half the firemen we know can't do a push-up on their own. They're going to do one with a guy on their back. You know, and then we sh we show them just basic methods. Hey, stick this ladder in the window or, or you put this piece of webbing that you carry under somebody. And, you know, it's just teaching guys to work smarter, not harder. Why are we getting away from that? Because there's there's so many different people out there introducing, you know, introducing tactics, introducing ideas that really aren't street smart, you know, and uh, it's, it's just a shame. You know, I, it's the whole, um, how do you put it? Um, people, you know, people looking for, uh, a cause to, uh, you know, to promote and, yeah. uh, you know, it's like when the whole thing came out on ventilation, you know, guys went nuts and they complained, oh my God, we're changing the fire service. If you go back to the Boston fire department back in 1898 in their rules and regulations, it's pretty simple. It says fire attack and ventilation will be coordinated. Yep. So what the heck has changed since 1898? You know, it's just, it's, it's, our whole job should be based on simplicity. You know, I tell people in our lectures all the time, you know, be a student of fatal fire reports, read fatal fire reports. Yes. I mean, if you go from Napoleon up to five-star generals in today's army, guess what they've, they've always based their wars on? The past, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And if you read fatal fire reports, you learn a lot of lessons. One of, one of the most common denominators in fatal fire reports is a failure in fundamentals. Something went wrong with fundamentals. Somebody didn't take a hydra. Maybe ladders weren't thrown up. Something, something went wrong. And by no means think that I'm, I'm downplaying any incident. But it always comes back to fundamentals. something went wrong. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I think the fundamentals get lost. And I think we're getting too fancy with too many people have a different take or a way to teach something which makes it more intricate and more involved. And I think when we lose the fundamentals and we break down and make it more complicated and take away yep. the simplicity. I mean, I love the simplicity of firefighting because it, it is really straightforward in most cases, right? When you're doing your quote unquote bread and butter type fire, you know, scenes, right? There is a, a symphony, there is a, a choreograph, uh, you know, play at hand that is simple and smart if it's done correctly. 100%. And, you know, you, you always, you know, you always hear that phrase when something goes on. Suddenly and unexpectedly, conditions are yes. changed. I don't agree with that. You know, conditions changed and we didn't recognize it. Or someone someone around us, you know, at a fire, somebody didn't get to the uh, exposure three side or the Charlie side, whichever term you want to use. And we weren't fully informed of what was going on, if that makes sense. You know, uh, conditions conditions are always going on. I mean, I always joke around in class when we do the lecture thing. I say, you know, you notice your neighbor's wife goes out of the house every night of the week at six o'clock to walk the dog. She's got high heels on makeup. And then, you know, three months later, your wife turns around and says, Oh my God, I can't Mary believe Jane it. And Bob are get, they're getting divorced. Yeah. I can't believe it. You can't believe it. Can't be you fail to recognize the signs. Who That's walks right. a dog in high heels and, you know, lipstick. Come on. That, that, so, that right um, there is gold. Absolutely. It's, it's the same thing in the fire service. You know, if, 
if you're standing out in front of your building or you're on the fire, you know, if, if I'm going to the floor above and I hear the engine on the fire floor saying, hey, you know, we, we've got a water issue, then going to the floor above is not the place for me until I know, you know, that, you know, either I have, a, you know, a refuge area or I know that that line is going to is going to be there to back us up. You know, we we've we've always got to be monitoring that radio and listening to what's going on and listen to size up from the other brothers and sisters, and, you know, to make our moves. Yeah, very well said. And I think, though, there that comes down to the training and back end of it where we need competent and confidence on the fire ground and instilling that into our people, which goes right back to the upbringing you had in the fire service with mentors that put you on the right path to really understand the importance of the game. Every every run, you know, you come back from a job or you come back from a, uh, you know, a, a pin job, a stool operation. You know, a lot of the senior guys I worked with always say, okay, what positions did you have? Where did you go? What did you do? And then everybody around the table answered. And it wasn't to uh, turn around and have a guy say, uh, oh, he's going to find mistakes with what I did. Maybe you did something that somebody else never did before. And maybe, you know, the other five or six of us in a group are going to learn from what you did. Yeah. Who who runs that for you? Is that the senior man that typically runs that in the company or does that come from the officer down? Uh, it, it, like I said, normally, we'll, you know, after a job, we'll sit uh, sit and talk to senior, you know, it's senior, senior firefighters are great. I yeah. mean, you know, they stay on top of the guys. They uh, they do stuff. And, uh, you know, we sit down, have a cup of coffee or maybe we'll be in front of the building while everything's fresh in everybody's head and just basically say, hey, how'd you get to the roof? How did you get to the outside vent position? Hey, uh, what did you guys encounter on the inside? Any, any weird locks, any type of forceful entry issues? What what did you have? You know, and so for us, it works out pretty good. You know, we're able to, uh, you know, talk about the different positions, talk to the engine, uh, you know, what difficulties did they have getting the line in place, you know? But you have a you have an environment that allows for your people to talk about their work, right? Like the, the, it comes from the top down where in a company, people have to be comfortable to talk about what they did, because if there is an error or something was done that probably could have been done better, there needs to be an environment that fosters a good conversation and not pointing the finger and blaming. And I think well, too often we're doing that No. Well, I, I agree with you, Jeff, because we're a very ego-driven yes. organization. Right. Uh, you know, I, he could have done things better, and, and we look to punish, and we look to, you know, to say somebody screwed up. You know, <clears throat> I always refer to it when we teach the man versus machine class. Uh, I always refer to this, this guy that lives in his mother's basement. He's got the smoke machine going. He's got Ladder 49 on one TV, backdraft on the other. He's wearing a leather helmet with every sticker <laughs> that there is, you know. You know, so – who is that guy? It's the Facebook firefighter. What yeah. does he do? He searches He searches the internet right. looking for Jeremy Doncho, Mark Gregory screwing up at a yep. job. And 100%. You, know you could take one picture and maybe see a guy holding a tool the wrong way and say, hey, what did that idiot do? But if you had the collection of pictures and saw step by step, Maybe what the guy was doing wasn't so bad, or maybe they didn't have a certain tool on scene. So they, you know, like we always joke around, you know, impalements, I would, I would never use a circular saw to cut somebody off a fence, but maybe they didn't have anything else. Maybe they didn't have a bandsaw. So if this is all they have, you know, I always tell people, if you, if you're in doubt about something you see on the internet, contact the department, say, Hey, you know, saw this picture up. What's the details behind that? You know, fill us in, tell us, tell us what you did, because maybe some good will come out of it rather than what we, what we love to do in the forest of bash other people. Yeah, man, there's something to that. And I, I just, I agree with you a hundred percent. Anybody that's willing to look for the bad out of a still photo or a quick video and they don't have, or we're not there. They, they don't have a place to say, and 
those are people that are getting caught up where they think their opinions and, and you know, that matter. And it doesn't. It doesn't, you Mm -hmm. know, but unfortunately, though, that's what gives us a black eye in the game. And it doesn't allow for people to take chance or try something different with the with the thought that there might be repercussions coming from either their own people or outside people as well. Right. No, I agree. I agree with you, bro. It's it's you know, everybody has different ways of doing things. You know, you were talking before about the man machine class. Listen, I haven't taken tractors apart. I haven't done, you know, done certain things in my life. But what do we do? We we teach a class in Nebraska. Somebody in Nebraska teaches me something. And, and now that. what's my job to take that to take that information and say, yep. hey, we learned this. You know, uh, we were doing a class one day and it was funny. We didn't have the right uh, we didn't have the right spark plug socket on a, a snowblower. And we were trying to manipulate it. And guy said, hey, watch this. And he took the socket and he whacked the ceramic head off the socket. I mean, off the uh, spark plug. And said, boom. He says, this is how we do it in the auto shop. And it's like, <laughs> you know what? I love that. Trick it, trick of the trade from a guy who does this every day. It's just like, you know, me being in my volunteer department and maybe showing a guy who's an auto mechanic, you know, a better way of getting the uh, the halogen into a door. You know, we, That's we right. do this all the time. Share that knowledge. Share, share those skill sets with others so that they can benefit from it. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest part, right? I mean, wherever we come from, whatever walk of life we're in, somebody's always going to know something a little bit more about something than I am. You got to be open-minded and willing to listen and, and sit back and learn. And that goes to that whole question I posed to you before about being a student of the game. Definitely. I mean, you know, every day, every day we should be learning. In, in life, we learn. You know, I, I tell guys when we do the whole leadership thing, you know, how many of us have uh, been home, your kid does something stupid, and the first thing you do is the hand comes out, you whack the kid in the back of the head, right? Yep. You're like, you knucklehead. Then you get in the car and you're driving to work and you say to yourself, ah, that's probably a better way to handle that. Yep. You know, that's, you know, you got to think about that. You know, my, my father, uh, my father did 46 years in the FDNY. Mm. He, got out, he, was an, he was an assistant commissioner. And he always said to me, he said, you know, one lesson you learn about leadership is he says, unless you know the answer 100%, he says, you make a decision in the, in the firehouse or, you know, in, or in the office setting, he says, tell the person, hey, I'll get right back to you on that. Think about, think about all the different aspects. You know, if you don't need to fire off an answer in 10 seconds on the fire ground, different story. But, you know, something comes up. You got to All right, let's think about this for a second. There might be a better approach. And it's the same thing. It, it works at home. The same philosophy works at home with your family. This episode's brought to you by Teledyne FLIR. Teledyne FLIR is the originator and creator of thermal imaging technology. In 2013, FLIR launched the K-Series camera for the public safety sector, in particular firefighting. They have created cameras over the last 10 years for every position on the fire ground. From tactical to situational, their cameras help us make the right decisions on the fire ground. So check out Teledyne Fleer, check out their product offerings, and engage them on their social media and ask them for more information and education in regards to their product. Teledyne Fleer is producing one of the best cameras on the market, and they're a proud sponsor and partner of the National Fire Radio Podcast. So go over to www.fleer.com and look up the public safety file, and you'll find the latest offerings from Teledyne. No, I love that. And But you did draw a distinction there about the fire ground, and I think that that is a super important point, though, in that, right, is that on the fire ground we need to make decisions, and we need to make decisions based upon the information at hand, against your training and understanding, right? And we well, have to make decisions. 
Big, big time. But you know what? The decisions have to be based on information received. That's right. So you're going, you're going to a box. You hear uh, the dispatcher filling it out, or maybe there's uh, SIDS information, which we have in the city critical incident dispatch info. You can read that as you go. But now that company gives the size up, you know, and you got that, uh, you know, the Facebook firefighters in the basement, and he's going, "Yes, here it comes. Here comes the 1075," and and all you hear is 1075 the box. All right. Well, that officer or that driver did me a disservice if I'm coming in as the second do engine or the second do truck because I don't know what's burning. I don't know where the fire is. You know, in New York, for just say a private dwelling fire, we've got different positionings truck company-wise for a peaked roof or a flat roof. You tell me fires on the top floor of a peaked roof private dwelling, well, it changes the positioning of my company, you know, where the outside team's going to go, how, you know, what we're going to do. You tell me that it's a six-story, it's a six-story tenement and the fire's on the top floor. Well, again, it changes the way we're going to operate, you know, what tools we're going to bring. And, you know, size up is critical, you know, even automatic alarms. I, uh, I try to get it into the guys in my volunteer department, you know, pull up on scene they just give that simple report. You know, I've got a two story, uh, two story, you know, Cape, uh, you know, nothing shown at this time investigating. I don't, you know, yep. it, it just give that basic report. So now the truck company knows, Hey, it's a two story. We're going to, we're going to set up, we're going to be in position. If it's a one story ranch, I don't need a 75 ta- foot tower ladder in front. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you, and I think that that's absolutely critical. And, again, it goes to, you know, mapping and blueprinting your uh, your experience and understanding. And and I think that that's the fun part about it. And for you, over all these years, I mean, God, I can only imagine the experiences, the storytelling, the laughter, the tears that you've had along the way. But, I mean, you know, riding in some of the busiest companies in the city and so on, I mean, you know, that's got to be a lot of fun for you paying that forward. The, the mentors you had – Right. Are you do you find yourself in that mentor position now? Un, like unknowingly, you know, it just happens overnight. It it it, it does. And, it, and it's it's humbling. You know, guys, you know, guys look up to, uh, you know, places you work, the things you did. And it's you know, I had a lot of great I had a lot of great mentors from sure. being a firefighter. I mean, even when I was, in, you know, as a lieutenant to a captain. I've worked with tremendous people that, you know, it, it could be, a, you know, a firefighter that, you know, changes a decision you make or helps you make a better call on something. And it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a culmination of great people. And, uh, you know, I've been super fortunate to work with some, you know, outstanding people and, you know, I've seen some people that aren't so outstanding, you know, I'm not going to make everything all, you know, roses and daisies, sure. but you, but you learn, you learn to say, you know what, that guy there, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. We talk about mentorship, but, you know, there's also bad mentors, too, and they help us progress forward as well. Oh, 100 percent. And, you know, and the lesson we got to learn, it's just like a bad parent. It's like that guy at the baseball game that every call the umpire makes, you know, <laughs> screaming from the stands. You know, you yeah. got to say, you know, you see this guy in the fire ground, you got to say, I don't want to be like that. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, that's not the guy I want to emulate by any means. So let's when, talk. Uh, yeah, go ahead. When we when uh, we become uh, captains in the FDNY, they put you through a uh, command course. And I always I always like to tell the guys, like in the leadership classes we teach, uh, we went out. You know, you they have you go out and you do ride alongs, and you know all the chiefs are great, and you know they hey, sit in the back of the car. It's basically like, like you know buffing for the day. You know, yeah. you go and uh, one day I rode with this one chief uh, out in the uh, five O battalion, uh, Chief Paul Tauber, and get there, and the guy says, "Hop in the front seat." I'm looking at him like, "What?" I'm like, "I'm used to just riding in the back." You know, he said, "No, hop in the front seat." He says, "You're in charge today." I'm like, "All right." So there, we go on a couple of BS runs, nothing crazy. So we get a phone alarm for a fire, and he taps me on the shoulder as we're going, and he hands me a pack of gum. 
And uh, I'm like, what's this for? He said, I'll explain later. He said, put some gum in your mouth. I'm like, all right. So we're going, listening to this phone alarm, and uh, ended up it wasn't it wasn't much. But uh, I said to him afterwards, I said, so hey, what's up with the gum? He said, lesson I learned years ago. He says, uh, you put the gum in your mouth, you're chewing, you got to talk on a radio. He says, uh, what do you got to do? I said, stop chewing, take the gum out of your mouth. He said, yeah. He says, that'll give you a second or two to think. And I always took that from him. I, I thought that was as as silly or as crazy as that sound. It's it's a great way to think. You know, we want to get on that radio. We want to scream 1075 or work in fire. And sometimes you just got to be cool hand Luke and say, all right, we got this. Yeah, fire's blown out three windows, but let's get the information out to the people so they know what they're dealing with when they get here. I love that, man. That is cool. I've never heard the gum trick before. I yeah. absolutely love that. I think it makes a lot of sense. And it goes right to that conversation. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I, I've i talked to people where they're like, I like to go back and listen to my tapes. You know, after the fire, I'll, I'll ask dispatch mm-hmm. to pull the tape for me so I can analyze and, and hear how I sounded, what I could do better, or my reports clear and concise. I mean, all important things. But I love those little tips, man. They go a long way. Yeah. And I tell you, you know, you pick up things. Yeah, yeah Jay, Jay Bresler, he's a uh, lieutenant in uh, Squad 252, uh, was a firefighter in Rescue 2. You know, he teaches a, a leadership class, and they talk a lot about, like, auditory exclusion. You know, in the right. beginning, when it first came out, you're like, ah, this auditory exclusion stuff. Ah, you know, I don't know if I buy into it. But it, I tell you what, I've gone to a couple of jobs, and, you know, when your heart rate gets up from stress yeah. and you listen and you listen to those tapes later on, there's a lot of times you say the first thing that goes, they say, with you know, with stress is your hearing. And it's like you sit there and go, I didn't hear this or maybe I didn't hear that. Yeah. And so and you learned to control yourself and say, hey, you know what? I got to I got to control my stress to be able to listen to what's going on to keep the people safe. Yeah, I so much to that. And and I couldn't agree with you more. And I think also, too, though, it comes with experience. You need more experience. You need to immerse yourself into it, being able to get involved and be a part of, you know, talking and being on the radio as much as you can so that you get an understanding of how the game is played. Right. I mean, you need you need well, reps. You need experience. Well, that's the thing. There's being on the radio and there's having diarrhea of the Yeah, 100 percent. You know, 100%. Two, two, you know, two totally different areas. But, you know, even for the guys that maybe aren't going to fires every day, I mean, not that any of us are really going to fires any, every day anymore. It's just when you go to that automatic alarm, you go to that car fire or the pin job, you know, it's just muscle memory. Yes. Get in the habit. You know, if you're doing this all the time, it becomes second nature. If you only have a fire face. Well, you're not putting that face on that often. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to work. You know, things are going to fall through the cracks. But if you have a routine that you do all the time, I mean, again, habits, every firefighter's got one. I, I go to work. I know in the rig, I can be blind. I know my thermal camera is in front of me. My hood is on the dashboard. My helmet's to the left of me. I mean, we are all creatures of muscle memory. And if somebody comes in that rig and moves things around, what does it do to you? It yeah. throws you off your it, it throws you off your A game. I mean, there's, you know, every firefighter that's a driven individual has a habit that they follow every day. Yeah, no, very well said. And I think, you know, that's one thing I could stress to anybody listening to this is get into that routine. Have your gear set up the same way every single time so that it's muscle memory. I couldn't agree with you more, Cap, on that for sure. Talk to me a little bit about PL Vulcan. Uh, kind of exciting. You guys, like I alluded to it before, you gave us a little backstory with Peter Lund and, and the inspiration that he was and so on. But, you know, you guys have you have people all over the country. You're doing a lot of teaching and training. You were just at out at FDIC doing a lecture and a hot class. 
Your man vs. machine is probably one of the most popular courses you guys probably offer, which is a super narrow product offering when it comes to training. Um, right. Not everybody can teach that. Um, I think that uh, you guys are certainly known for that discipline. Um, where did that all come about? Well, I mean, first, the first thing is, is the staffing. Uh, we are incredibly blessed in PL Vulcan to have the staff that we have. Right. Uh, we have guys from all walks of life. Listen, we could have 20 New York City firefighters working for the company. That's not doing us any good because you know what? The guy from Podunk, West Virginia, that rides with three people on a rig is, and I don't mean it with any disrespect, he's he's going to say, these guys do things totally different than me. Correct. We have guys. We have guys from Podunk. We have guys from all over that are super skilled, super crafted, and they want to share their experiences. Um, a lot of our guys, uh, you know, we also teach a, a, a RIT program. A lot of our guys have been involved in either May Days or actual firefighter fatalities, and we try to explain to students: Listen, mm. it's great that you learn this technique, and that is awesome. But in the real world, that's not going to work. And they go, "Well, why not?" Well, because we've been down that road, you know, unfortunately, we've, you know, been in the situation where we've had to carry a brother or two out of a building. We know that's not it's not practical. It's not really going to work. And, you know, everything we do is street smart and super simple. So uh, we've been blessed with the crew that we have. Uh, you know, the guys, the guys travel all around. Last weekend, we had four crews out on the road and uh, it's it's good. Uh, I think another big thing besides having great instructors is having personal instructors. You know, uh, anybody could come in and be that guy that people want to go, oh, you know, this guy's from FDNY or Chicago or whatever. How about this is Jim and he's going to show us something and he's going to learn from you. And, and and I think firefighters warm up to somebody when you come to a place and the guy educates you on something. You say, hey, I want to tell you a story we had. And say, hey, what, how did it work, brother? What, what did you do? Help that. us out. I, th I think, and, and our guys are great with that. I always get compliments on, you know, hey, you know, the instructors were so open-minded and they weren't set in one way. I mean, that's that's how we all learn. And, uh, you know, that's how we're able to, you know, you know, basically it's like, you know, it's like we're spreading the gospel, man. We go all around the country and uh, somebody gives us just a different take on it. So we say, hey, let's throw it in. Let's throw it in. You know, not every, not every personality is going to buy one way of doing something. Where did where did the hook for training come in for you? Like, was training always important to you, even in the early days with the mentorship that you were receiving from the different companies and then going in the sock and so on? Like, was training always at your forefront? I, I worked with a lot of super firefighters. Like I said, when I started out at 132, we had guys that went to training. We had uh, this one guy, Keith Lachlan, was a big forceful entry guy. Uh, Rescue 2, you know, of course, we would always be, you know, be out doing something during the day. And yeah. I worked with firefighters. I worked with, you know, I mean, great guys. Davey Van Voorst, uh, Terry Hatton. I mean, guys that were into simplicity. Pete, uh, Pete Martin, who uh, passed away in the uh, in the Trade Center. Mm. Um, I, I, he was one of my senior firefighters in Rescue 2. And I remember him saying to me one day, don't consider yourself a rescue firefighter until you have probably about five years in a company. And at first I looked at it like, what? You know, what do you, what do you mean by that? Right. And then I'll never forget, I was operating at an incident and, uh, you know, everything came like second nature. You know, what tools to grab, what to do, what to, and And I remembered what he said and it was so true. You know, just because you're wearing that blue patch on your helmet or, uh, you know, the 176 on your head doesn't mean that You've, you, you're in that position. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it makes a lot of sense. And then it, so, and then one day it just clicks, right? You go, it, it oh, just, it just, that's it, what he meant. 
it's like when you know you could sit there all day and play around with your car in the driveway, and then all of a sudden you bring it to a repair shop, and the guy just takes one quick look and says, "Yeah, it's this," you know, and, you, and you're like, "Yeah, that's right." I could I could have figured that out too. Why didn't I think it out? Because this guy's rep- repetition. He's been doing it. He understands what's going on. That's that self awareness, though, right? Like when you take yeah. ownership of who you are, you take ownership of your career, whether a volunteer or career. You take ownership of the type of firefighter you want to be. You know, then you have to be self-aware. And I think that that's really the conversation. You know, it's like the uh, the guy that's been there for two years and acts like he's been there for 30 years. That must have been a quite a moment for you, though, that aha moment where everything clicked on that one run and you go, now I know exactly what he meant. And, and, and at first, of course, you know, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Of course. Oh, you know, how, how dare you, you know? And, and, you know, listen, I made my share of bumbleheaded mistakes in my career, trust me, just like just like just like every other guy. But I had good guys that, you know what, gave you a smack in the back of the head and just were like, hey, and they did it for a reason. It's just like your dad. You know, they want they want to see you succeed. Because I, I, I always tell my guys, you know, remember one thing. Nobody ever says, hey, did you see what Jeremy did last night at that fire? No, they always say, hey, did you see what the guy from 176 did? And it labels the entire company. And that's, you know, when you label in the company, I want it labeled in a good way. And, you know, my volunteer department, any other places I've worked, you know, that's what we want. We want people to walk away and go, wow, those guys were on the ball, man. What they did last night or how they cut that person out of the car, it was flawless. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that pride factor, right? I mean, talk to me a little bit about that, whether volunteer or definitely in your career companies, though, is there is a tremendous pride value that you have to bring to the table and that you protect the integrity. Like, you know, being a captain of of Ladder 176, I mean, there's a reputation of that company that comes long before you got there, right? So subscribing to that and then knowing the importance of maintaining that reputation, right? It's important, no? Yeah, well, 176 is is a fairly young company. I mean, uh, we were only formed 50 years ago. It mm. was a uh, what they call a tactical control unit that turned into a truck company because the neighborhood with the fire duty. And, you know, they started out with bare bones as far as tools, built a company. And then you had guys like uh, John Vigiano, who, again, was one of my childhood mentors, you wow. know, and uh, yeah. the Vig. The Vig had a certain way of doing things, and he was very methodical, very organized. Um, and you know, even when you know when Vig was uh, you know passing away from cancer, uh, I would go talk to him because I was you know now the captain of one seventy six, and Vig had a certain you know he he still had basically a message he wanted spread. And I remember sitting with him one day, he was, you know, in his hospital bed and he said, you need to do this kid and this kid, he would either call you kid or young, a young man. Yeah. You know, like young man, this is the way you do this. Is And then he'd go, and now I'm tired. And that was like, Whoop, okay, we're done for the day. He just gave me six good tidbits. Wow. And, uh, he was, you know, Vidge was, Vidge was great. I mean, besides, you know, he's legendary. Yeah. Two, one, oh, three firefighter, but, uh, you know, he he brought a lot of he. You know, he basically you know brought a lot of great things to 176, and that and that attitude's alive today. But the attitude is because we've had great officers, uh, we've had great officers, great senior firefighters, and and you know great guys in the company that keep that tradition alive. And and I think anywhere, I think whether you volunteer, paid, busy, or slow, listen, you could be in the slowest company on the job, but it could be a great place to be in as long as the morale is good. You know, yeah. it's uh, you know, it's unfortunate if you if you live in Daisy Land. New York and you're not that busy, it doesn't mean that your fire department sucks. You could be have a great fire department. You have to have guys that want to train and want to be into it. But you know, you've got to you've got to have that esprit de corps type of attitude. 
I love that, man. Ah, Jesus, that's unbelievable. I'm listening to the people that inspired you, and I'm just in awe of of who you had the access to. Um, and it's just powerful, man. Like, I think about that, and I, I think about all those great leaders that you got to sit with, learn from, ride with, and so on. And these are people that have really molded and shaped the FDMY, not, not just the FDMY, but also the fire service too. Right. Do you ever look, do you ever look back at that and just count your blessings and, and just, I mean, it's one of those moments. I know for me, every once in a while, I have these nostalgia moments where I go, that was cool. You know, like that, you know what I'm saying? All, all the time. I count my blessings all the time. I, I'm extremely blessed to have ridden with bosses that I've ridden with as a kid, learned the way that they operated. I mean, they basically they treated me like a, you know, second, a second father. I mean, uh, like I said, I mentioned before to you about John Dillon from Rescue 4. And yeah. The Duke was incredible. <laughs> I mean, he was literally my second father. I mean, he would pick me up at my house when I was, I mean, a young kid, bring me to the firehouse, make sure I got back home. And, uh, you know, but and I learned, I learned so much to the point that his own sons didn't get on the job, and uh, he reserved his badge for me. I had his firefighter badge for my entire career. So to me, that wow. was that was an honor. Wow. Well, let me let me ask. I mean, so these these are guys that invested in you, right? Like I I think about that today, and I'm like, man, I really hope that like we're doing the fire service. Uh, a service by still promoting like young kids and, and bringing them around and educating them. And, and, you know, those guys took time to spend with you because they saw something in you, right? They look at the job and they say, we want to protect the integrity of this job. We want to bring people in and expose people to this job, this career that means everything to them. And they chose to focus on you. And I hope that we're doing that today with other people. Like, I hope that we're focusing. I think about myself and I'm like, am I focusing enough on a young kid that I should be? Fo-? Like, I don't think I am. I think I'm dropping the ball there. No, I, I, I disagree. I mean, I look at look at this podcast, how many people listen day mm. in and day out. And how many people do you think that you've made an impact on? Listen, you could be doing a lot of other things at uh, 1130 in the morning, you know, on a Monday. And here you are talking to somebody and uh, getting some pointers that, you know, I, again, it's like gospel. Somebody else, someone's spreading the word. Some other, somebody else picks up on it and says, hey, you know, this is good stuff, man. You know, I appreciate maybe we that. should try this and we should try this here. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think what we all try to do is good. I, again, I was fortunate enough to, you know, to to work and, and ride as a kid with some fantastic bosses. But you know what? Again, you could go to uh, Chicago, uh, you know, Prince George's County, Maryland, and there's great fire. There's great firefighters yeah. everywhere in this country, everywhere yes. in the world. And just because they don't have that tag FDNY. You know, doesn't mean they're not a great firefighter or a great mentor. There's a lot of good people out there, um, you know, that can that can change, you know, change a firefighter's career, young and old. Yeah. I, listen, man, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. You know, it was, um, you know, part of starting National Fire Radio was to do something more to give back. Right. I'm just thinking about in my own firehouse. Am I doing enough, you know, or am I leaving after runs too quick or, or not spending enough time with guys like the other night? Perfect example. We just had a construction dumpster on fire in a driveway of a new home under construction. And it was like I was watching the guys on the line. They stretched a bumper line edge of three quarter. And I'm watching a kid on the nozzle. and I'm watching a backup man. And I'm like. These guys need more work. And I went over and and took the time to, you know, I said, let's, you know, this is a practice fire, man. So I'm like, let's do better here, you know. Um, But we need to do do that. 
not to cut you off. No, there, do it. And there's and that's where that's where the right and the wrong commit. So you could be that guy that goes, you realize you guys are screwing this all up, right? Yeah, you really, you're right. Really, and then what happens? The hair stands up in the back of the neck. They look at you, and you get the attitude. Or you could say, hey, you know what? I was just out in FDIC. Hey, I, I want to show you. I learned this pretty cool tactic the right. other day about dumpster fires. You probably never went to a dumpster fire class, but you know what? Now you show them, hey, keep the nozzle a foot out ahead of you. Do this. Do that. Yeah. And they'll buy into it. Um. You know, even in my own volunteer department, my, you know, we're blessed. We've got the, a, a, quite a large amount of uh, FDNY guys out here on the east end of Long Island. And uh, I could go into my department and say something to somebody and they'll look at me because it's Mark. He's always here. You could come in and teach the same exact topic <laughs> and somebody go, yeah. oh, my God, did right. you see what Moses, Jeremy, yeah, right, right, right. taught us this? Yeah. Our biggest uh, critics are the guys that we're with every day, right? Like, you know, 100, 100, it, we take we take them for granted. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. And in fact, sometimes we even push them to the side and we don't even allow them to be a part of the conversation. We don't value what they can bring to the table for us. 100 percent, bro. 100 percent. Yeah. I mean, I just yeah, I want to challenge anybody listening to this episode, though, going forward, that if you don't think you're you're giving enough back or you don't think that you're mentoring or helping, you know, craft the next generation, the, then step up, man, because we need leaders and we need people to work with the guys that are coming in. I I've seen too many kids flounder through their first couple of years because nobody committed to them and nobody offered to do extra and go above and beyond. And, you know, that's the time where we got to do our part, man, as the fire service to promote our own. Well, you know, it all goes back to family and how you, you know, how you were raised, things that you do at home. Like, I, you know, I love walking in the kitchen and everybody's on their cell phone. You know, you're going to sit down to eat dinner and everybody's on their cell phone. And, you know, you say, back home, Jeremy, would you sit at the, at the kitchen table and eat dinner with your family and be on your cell phone? And the answer right. is no. Right. Then why are you doing it here? Yeah. You know what? Maybe learn that, you know, Jeremy's wife has an issue going on at home. Yeah, it's so or important. Mark, or Mark likes to buy stuff at, at Amazon. The other thing is on the rig, too. We're on the rig and guys are on their phone. You're in your first two area and you're not even paying attention to many new buildings that are being put up or things that are going on. But we're more concerned about getting a TikTok picture out, you know, making some stupid face, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, social media and, and just the times today, you know, we need to get back to simplicity. Um, walking into the supermarket and just saying to the new guy, hey, at 3 a.m., if you had these rolls that roll downs were in place, how would you get in? What would you do? Um, do you know what trust construction looks like? Look over your head right now, right? Yeah. That's that's what a parallel court – you don't have to do hour-long drills. Sometimes if you just do, you know, base hits, base hits, base hits, they win games. And that's, you know, in the training mindset, that's what you got to do too. I'm writing that down. Base hits win games. That's – Absolutely. Base hits win games. I love it. So what's next for Mark Gregory, man? I mean, you know, we've been going for about 40, 45 minutes now in the episode. We like to keep it to an hour. Give me what's next for you. Next chapter? Anything exciting? Something summer, with PL? Summer, what are we doing? Summer is, summer is coming. You are uh, a summer guy. Cigar in a beach I, chair. A cigar in a beach chair. So you'll <laughs> definitely see my token photo out there. Cigar in a beach chair. I do I do like my beach. Uh, like I said, live in a uh, basically a, a resort community. So I, uh, I think I told you before, I got back in uh, as a fire chief after 36 years in a volunteer fire. So that's what the heck was I thinking? <laughs> but I, I, I love it. We have great people here. And uh, it's one of those things when you stand up at a meeting and you say, hey, we need to make change. Be prepared because people say, well, are you willing to make the change? And, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's good. So uh, 
trying to keep busy with that. Uh, I know your yeah, I know your family is super important to you as well, right? And yes, uh, I got uh, two, mm-hmm. ki- two kids, two dogs, and uh, you know they're. Uh, I would like to think that they're all spoiled as hell. Well, th- yes, right. I mean, that's listen. My kids too, and I, that's very important to me. Yet giving them the foundation for which they got to learn on their own as well. But man, I love spoiling my kids, but I spoil them in a way that I like to think is the right way. You know, because I want to well, shower uh, them with love. Hundred percent. So my, uh, you know, my, my son's been, you know, rotting. He's been in the fire service. I mean, he's twenty-two years old. <clears throat> he just got a, a, in as a lieutenant in uh, a Freeport. Uh, oh, cool. Two one six, and uh, you know, it's it's a busy shop. The guys, the guys are into it there, and yeah, uh, you know, I always try to, you know, tell him too. You know, he, you know, he'll come and he'll give me, you know, hey, the problems and dilemmas and different things going on, and uh, I like to mentor him and give him, hey, this is the way you should be doing it, or you should be thinking about doing it, and you know. Sometimes we all have to fall. We all have to brush off our knees to learn that, you know, there are different ways of handling things or, yes. you know, to you know, deal with certain situations. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's all good stuff. Is it? Do you enjoy watching him come up in the fire service? I do. I'm very I'm, I'm very proud of both my kids. So, uh, you know, my son's uh, doing that. He's an EMS. You know, hopefully he's going to get on the FDNY. And, good. Uh, I'll stay around long enough to uh, to get to watch him and nice. uh, maybe crawl down a hallway with him. And then uh, I've got a daughter who uh, just got her master's degree in education, Fantastic. and uh, she's doing she's doing special ed with kids. And uh, you know, she's a very talented, gifted uh, individual. So, uh, like I said, I've been uh, I've been really blessed. I can't uh, I can't complain. And the home, you know, home life is important, man. And uh, you know, <clears throat> a lot of us have demons, different things going on in the world. And uh, I always tell guys, you go into that firehouse. You know, put your cell phone in your locker and enjoy the show. You're there for 24 hours. There is no better place, no better clown show in the world to be than in a firehouse because the jackassery that we can get away with and that we do to each other, you know what, can can totally change your mindset and, you know, bring you back down to realize just what, you know, how blessed we are to be firefighters and, you know, to have that support network that we do have. I'm writing that down. That was freaking awesome. I lo- put your cell phone in your locker and enjoy the show. That that right there, brother. We're gonna wrap right on that. Captain Mark Gregory, you're a rock star, brother. I always enjoy talking with you. Dude, and, always, um, always, a, always a pleasure. We uh, we we got to do a cigar and uh, you we're know, gonna we're do gonna, that. I'm coming out to interview on the beach. We're we're, do, we're gonna do it. Beach. This summer, we're coming out. I want to see your volunteer shop. I want to see what you're doing out there because I've heard good things too. Um, and I would love to get out there and, um, and see it firsthand and then plant my feet in the sand. Cause that's where I belong as well. And, um, I'd love to do it, man. But, uh, thanks for joining me today. This was a nice catch up. You've been on the show before a while back and it was just nice to regroup and have you back on, man. But, uh, I always enjoy talking with you and I wish you nothing but absolute success with the, with, uh, you know, what's next for you in the, in the job. And uh, as well as with PL Vulcan, your family and everything else, man, it means the world. I so appreci- thank you. I appreciate it, bro. And uh, like I said, stay safe. And uh, you know, it's uh, to everybody out there. PL Vulcan, come I love, on, I love class, it, brother. Universe machine, you love it. I love it. <laughs> stay right here. I'm just gonna sign all the podcasts. I'm gonna come right back to you. Okay. You got it, brother. Take care. Uh, cool. Guys, thank you for tuning in. Another fantastic episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. Mark Gregory out of the FDMY as well as PL Vulcan. If you're not familiar with it, look them up on social media. Look them up on their website, PL Vulcan. They are offering Top Shelf Training, one of the OG training companies that have been around a very long time with tried and true methodology and classes. He's changing the fire service and they're doing great things. Thanks for tuning in. I do appreciate the community that we've created. And uh, the National Fire Radio community is everything to me. And I appreciate you for joining us again for another episode. Take this conversation. Take it back. 
to the firehouse and talk about it because when we talk about the job, we're making the job better. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio.